Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Neil Radical, and I am joined today currently by no one. It's just going to be me today. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom at Emmanuel. For our devotion today, we're looking at Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Colossians is a, a very important letter from one of Paul's captivity letters, and it reminds us again of the divinity of Christ in, in the first chapter, pointing out how the Lord continues to use the Lord's message throughout the time. Even in captivity, Paul is encouraging about the messianic Christ who has come now as we see in Jesus Christ our Savior. As we go through the four short chapters we see that there's a lot of emphasis on Paul suffering as an apostle, encouraging Christians that yes Jesus is Lord and to stand up for that truth and then backing away from the pressures to turn away from the Lord and not to give in to the, the idols of this world or against observing the laws of the Torah in order to be saved. A lot of false teachings that are happening in the time of Paul's letter to the Colossians. In chapter 4 we see some more uh, other practical advice that he's given and that's where our verses fall for today. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 read, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Lots of times when we think about the word wisdom, we might think about something that we learn from our studies or schooling. And that is true. Wisdom is ultimately the application of knowledge. And so when we grow in knowledge, wisdom would be using that knowledge in our day-to-day life. When the Apostle Paul encourages those in Colossians to stand up for their faith and the truth of God's word, he's encouraging them to walk in that truth in wisdom, applying that wisdom to their day-to-day life towards those who are outside the Christian congregation as well as those who are inside. And then he uses that phrase there, redeeming the time, in verse 5. We know what the word redeem means. It means to buy back. In other words, what Paul is saying here is to walk in wisdom, making good use of the time, not wasting the time, not sinfully eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, thinking the mentality is, well, we only got one life to live, we're going to live it however we want. That would not be walking in wisdom, that would be walking according to our flesh, which Paul wrote quite a bit to the Romans in the earlier chapters about not living that way. So Paul addresses in verse 6, as we redeem the time, as we are praying to be good examples to those outside of our congregation and the community and so forth, and walking in that wisdom, he says in verse 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. I think that's such a, a very important phrase for young people, for elderly people, for anyone in between, to recognize that no matter what we say, the Lord expects us to let our speech always be with grace. In other words, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I can say whatever I want to anyone and expect them to forgive me. I don't want to be authoritative and just tell people that this is how they should live no matter what. And we want to season that with grace, with that mercy the Lord gives to us. It doesn't mean we condone sinful actions. It doesn't mean we praise those who have done wrong. It means that in how we talk to them, we talk to them in love. Seasoned with salt, that's the whole idea that Jesus uses also in his Sermon on the Mount. If salt loses its saltiness, what good can it be except to be tossed about and trampled by men? 
And so when we think about Season with Salt, it's about preserving the truth and the love that has been gifted to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Season with Salt would be uh, being... We might, we might think of salt as in flavor, and ultimately it's the godly flavor. It's the godly character that the Lord expects from us as we walk in that wisdom that Paul mentions in verse 5. Ultimately, verse 6 points us to, as we let our speech be with that grace, seasoned with salt, as kind, as tender towards those whom we talk to, ultimately it comes back to applying that wisdom that you may know how you ought to answer each one each question, each person, in their time of need, whatever ails them, or in their need for the gospel, that grace which we have received, we want to share with others. As Paul writes, we believe, therefore we also speak, and we want to share that love that the Lord continues to remind us of each and every time we spend time in his word. So there's a lot of application here in this section. We want to walk in the same wisdom our Lord Jesus showed to us he certainly was redeeming the time in this world when he took on our flesh and as he ministered to all those who came to them not just healing them of his their physical infirmities but as we see with the paralytic in mark chapter 2 he also healed that need of forgiveness as well providing the sinner the salvation that we desire and that, that we need from him and so our speech is always to be seasoned with this grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, showing the same forgiveness as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, that we have also been forgiven, so that we can give thanks and praise with others for what great things the Lord has done for us. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you remembering the mercy you have shown to us. Your speech is always seasoned with grace for us through your holy word. You've shown your tough love, and as our Heavenly Father has disciplined those whom he loved, we can recognize that he, in turn, admonishes and disciplines us. As we redeem the time before he comes to take us home, Lord, we pray that you'd send us the Holy Spirit so that we'd always be wise in how we walk according to godly conduct as your believers. Help us know how to answer every question, every discussion, every opportunity we have to share your word and let us do so with joy and humility knowing in how you've served us faithfully all of our days lord keep us strong in your word of truth help us to walk in wisdom and love towards those throughout the world in our families in our homes in our congregation in our community and bless our efforts so that your name would be glorified in all we say and do in your name we pray lord jesus amen as far as our reminders for the week, again, this Wednesday evening, we will not be having Bible class. I will be journeying to Eau Claire tonight in order to get ready for the convention this Thursday. And so we pray that the Lord would continue to bless that upcoming convention, which is throughout this next part of the week here. So we'll continue next week with our online Wednesday Bible class as we continue on our comparative faiths, talking about the different religions of the world and different denominations. Also this Friday, there will be no men's breakfast at 6.30 in the morning. We've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, but we'll be taking a, a week break on that. And so a week from this coming Friday, we'll be resuming men's breakfast at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, this past Monday, we had our special voters meeting. We talked about three major things on June 21st at 7 p.m. First of all, we had some membership changes here with transfer, release of memberships. We also had our Sanctuary Improvement Committee update 
Ultimately, the sanctuary had some motions that we were looking for as far as the pew reupholstering and the uh, recovering of the foam and the pads as well as new sanctuary flooring as well. So we talked about some of those changes and updates. One of the biggest things that there was a little bit of miscommunication, or we might say quite a bit of miscommunication with some of our companies and some of the numbers that we gave them. And so the pews that we thought were going to cost about $10,000 to recover is going to be more close to 25000 So we're prayerful that that can all continue to go through at our upcoming voters meeting in July here and make sure that that can, uh, the appropriate funds can be raised before that project is uh, underway. Also, when it comes to the Nauman Family Leave Fund that was discussed with Pastor Nauman, and because he's not really sure what insurance will cover at this time, he's not asking for us to set up a special fund. So that uh, motion, that idea was tabled for uh, upcoming meter, meeting later on. I know uh, members are curious on how they can help the family right now. Just keep them in your prayers, and as far as financial assistance goes, that'll be forthcoming when we know a little bit more about the situation from the Nauman's. Also, just a reminder, June 30th, we have our Ladies Auxiliary Luncheon that is planned to be at Pizza Ranch at 11 a.m. Please contact Donna Clammer if you're interested in attending that. Just RSVP with her. Also, just a reminder, we have our July communion service coming up a week from this coming weekend. We'll be going back to normal up front. If that's something you're uncomfortable with and you would like to receive private communion, please do reach out to me or our, our church secretary, Hillary Leen, and let us know. We'll be glad to set up an appointment with you in person or online, privately. Also, just a reminder, July 12th through 16th is our Vacation Bible School. Please do register for that if you have not yet. We look forward to that time. When it comes to our prayer list, we want to continue to keep in our prayers Marie Meyer, the sister of Grace Schreier, who continues to battle her cancer there in the Red Wing area. We continue to pray the Lord would bless her in her time. Also, Margaret Frey's sister, Muriel Heinze Dunkel, she passed away Sunday evening, and so we definitely keep the, the Heinze Dunkel family in our prayers as we pray for them during this time of loss. Bernice Geiger was hospitalized in Rochester this week. She is undergoing pacemaker surgery, Lord willing, on Thursday, tomorrow. And we pray the Lord would bless that surgery and her recovery as well. We also finally keep in our prayers Tim and Laura Schaller and Pastor and Rachel Nauman. Both had 23-week-old preemies, and so we want to continue to pray the Lord would bless those young girls, Lila and Adelaide, and that they would, the Lord would bless them with growth and recovery from this very early uh, delivery. So with these prayers in mind, let's continue to pray the Lord would bless us during these times of need for these families. As Pastor Nam and I started at the beginning of the month of June, June is Convention Preparation Month. We have spent time talking about three things that are going to be discussed at the convention, the ILC Building Project, the Joint Statement, the Committee of Partners in the Public Ministry recommendations, and finally today we're talking about Christian education. One of the reports that was meant to be given was the report about the enrollment at ILC, uh, whether it be in the seminary or the college or the high school. There's concern about obviously the need for more pastors and teachers in the synod and as well as those who are attending at ILC. 
as far as keeping up the expenses there with the enrollment. So on page 72 in the prospectus, if you have that, there's an attendance report from Manual High School, and it's entitled, Is It Declining? And so it's a report that was asked for from the 2016 convention requesting the study of a potentially declining enrollment. Ultimately, there's fewer students in attendance at ILHS due to the lower CLC membership. The second and final phase of the study was to examine the reasons that people send or don't send their children to high school in Eau Claire. Again, that's the main feeder for the college and the seminary for our synods, pastors, and teachers. So that was the reason why the convention asked for this study. The target group were CLC children who were or will be confirmed from 2012 to 2022. Out of the 102 responses received that represented 236 children, 58% of the respondents, 63% of the children attended or planned to attend ILHS, and that survey collected the distance and hours that the respondents lived from Eau Claire. 17% from Eau Claire area, 22% were within two hours, 25% between two and six hours away, and 36% six plus hours away from the Eau Claire High School. Out of those 236 children represented in the survey, roughly 27% of the total confirmants in the CLC over an 11-year period. So this provides some helpful stats, basically, to help us understand and try to formulate conclusions regarding the reasons why parents maybe are or are not sending their children to ILHS, so we can help with that. Again, trying to encourage them to attend college and seminary for the other needs of the synod as well. So for those respondents that did not send their children to ILHS, the report says that we also asked what changes could have been made that they would have encouraged attendance. Primary responses were nothing in relation to separation from the children, so there's nothing they could have done. Improved academics was some other reasons, closer proximity. So of a particular note, the cost of ILHS attendance was not a primary factor in non-attendance at lower costs. Financial aid or local congregation support were major items that would encourage attendance, so those things were not major contributors. So based on the results of both phases of the study, the regents are working with the ILC administration to improve communication of ILHS attendance benefits throughout the Synod, and we'll continue to look at ways to improve our academic offerings in the future. I think when we think about our Christian education in general, whether it be our seminary, college, or high schools, whether it be in Eau Claire or Mankato, or all the grade schools we have throughout the country in our CLC, congregations, I think it's always amazing to me to see how much that we do spend on Christian education. If you look at the cost of teacher to student per ratio, it's really quite high. And it, once again, it shows the, every congregation's priority when they're able to do that, to make that an important, a priority for the Christian education. That's something to be said about that. When we talk about missions in our community, when we're talking about what we can do to share the Word of God with others, it's really training those to go out into the world. It's training young Christian minds to be ready and to be equipped, like we said in our devotion, to always be ready to give an answer for the defense that we have in us, so that we might know, as Colossians 4 verse 6 said, how to answer everyone who questions us for the reason for the hope that we have within us. So this ongoing training is of vital importance, wherever it might be. And I think it's great that our synod is looking at opportunities of encouraging our young people and our parents to send their children to our schools, our Christian day schools, in the home congregation or whether it be 
Eau Claire, Mankato, wherever it might be, so that they can continue to grow up through high school, into college, and into seminary, or wherever the Lord leads them to serve the Lord wherever he places them in life. And again, sharing that good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christian education is a huge priority in our synod, and I'm very proud of that. I'm very thankful that the Lord continues to make that a priority. I hope we can continue to encourage families and uh, students alike to continue to rejoice in the blessed opportunities we have to grow in our faith in a, in a Christian day school setting. Those who can't make use of that, I'm really thankful that you know, we're able to provide confirmation classes and in the, in the worship services and the online services to help build them up if that Christian day school is not a good option for them for the time being. But ultimately, the Christian education that begins at the home always needs to be the priority that we pray the Lord would continue to bless us with, always. And so, as we close today, I would like to look at the Christian education section, which is in the back of the hymnal. And when we look at these different verses, we can think of a lot of different appropriate hymns that fit with Christian education. And the one I wanted to focus in on specifically is a very popular, well-known hymn, hymn 629, Let Children Hear the Mighty Deeds. So I'd like to close our podcast today with this hymn. Let children hear the mighty deeds which God performed of old, which in our younger years we saw, and which our fathers told. Make unto them his glory is known, his works of power and grace, and will convey his wonders down through every rising race. Our lips shall tell them to our sons, and they again to theirs, that generations yet unborn may teach them to their heirs. O teach them with all diligence the truths of God's own word, to place in him their confidence, to fear and trust their Lord, to learn that in our God alone their hope securely stands, that they may ne'er forget his works, but walk in his commands. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may you always remember, Emmanuel means God is with you. Have a great day.